Hello, beautiful people. Welcome back. Thank you for coming back and listening to the Faith Relations Podcast. Here's where we talk about everything and anything under the sun and how it relates to our faith journey. I'm very excited for today's episode, guys. It's so good. Um, It's been a couple weeks since I recorded it with a beautiful friend of mine, and I've been like exploding to get it to you. (laughs) Um, But I just had a wonderful conversation with my friend, Shantiria McLeod. I believe that's how you pronounce it. (laughs) And um, it's so good. It's so good. It is, you know, transparent and open and vulnerable and so incredibly relatable. Um, So stick around. You're going to want to hear what she has to say um, in the conversation we had. It's so good. Um, Also, if you want to join the conversation or you have thoughts, um, you want to be on the podcast um if anything any kind of communication you want to have please follow us on instagram it's at faith relations easy and um yeah let's get connected let's talk um tell me what you think about the pot about the conversation about the podcast about um shan about me about anything please tell me let's come let's connect let's communicate um But like I said, I'm so excited about today's episode. It's going to be so good. It's going to be so life-giving, I think. It was for me. I hope it is for you. Um, So let's get right into it. Hi, Shan. Hey. (laughs) I'm crying. This is so funny to Uh, me. It's it's going to be very interesting for sure. Um, thank you so much for being so willing. You were like you were like the first person that I wanted to have on here and it's because of like the immediate connection we had in like yeah. one conversation. Yeah, it was just so good. And um I think that a lot of people value your insight. So, thank you for coming on and being so amazing. Thanks for having me. This is going to be real interesting. <laughs> yes. It's gonna be uh, I think it's going to, it's just funny because like for the most part, we share like a very similar uh, community of people. Yes. Um, so it's just going to be interesting to me. That's uh, <laughs> so true. Especially because uh, I just fell off without warning, without like, yeah. you know, some people will post like, uh, like I remember there's been there have been people who have like left, uh, you know, specific yeah. churches, or whatever. Yeah, and they'll have like services and send offs. Yeah, right. Yeah, Mm-mm. I'm out. Y'all, yeah, y'all sent me <laughs> um, off in a different but... way, but <laughs> so. just, just a little different, just a little different. Yeah. Um. So. I guess we we should like we'll we'll get into like the specific of the episode in a, in a moment but like tell me something fun so tell me something that's like exciting you these days something that is exciting me these days um hmm uh you know what for for the first time in a long time for a couple years um mm-hmm. 
I am actually reading fiction books. And that's probably Ooh. not like a huge flex, but <laughs> as someone who, uh, like for the most part, I don't know how big you are on the Enneagram. Like I, I, I live in the I Enneagram need to part. take it again. I know I've taken it once, but I, I literally do not remember at all what it oh. said. Well, I kind of, uh, it's very hard for me to tell if I'm a two wing three or three wing two. Like, uh, the two is, like, the helper, and the three is the achiever, and I kind of live through these, like, whatever, but I, like, for the most part, I I present myself at, like, work and things as a three, and in relationships, I'm, like, two, and so for me, I, for, like, actually, like, probably since I was like 18, I can probably count on one hand how many fiction books I've read because all I read is like self-help books, you know, how That's to, so how to do this, uh, mentally yeah. strong women do this. Uh, how do, you know, how do you fixate your brain to do that? Cause I, I love stuff on like, like brains and how to like change yeah. behaviors and like things, uh, whatever. And so recently I've been like forcing myself to like imagine again, to, to basically, okay. yeah. Because I kind of have just gotten tired of disassociating through TikTok or, or <laughs> yeah, disassociating through social media. Yeah. So I'm, yeah. I just need something else to, to disassociate with. Uh, I don't Love know if it. you can hear that dog barking in the background. Barely. But uh, I guess he's very happy to be here. <laughs> um, As am I. So we're, yes. we're on the same wavelength. But yeah, so that's that's been kind of exciting uh, for me. Something new. That I that have is so, not done. So funny. I'm definitely not a reader, but I feel like most people that I know who are readers, like yeah. that is their primary is fiction. And they dive into like the self help and, and stuff like that as kind of like their you know, like they have to be super intentional about it. Yeah. But fiction would be No. <laughs> no, sometimes nope. it's really difficult for me to read fiction books just because it's like I got to live my life and yours. Like, yeah, man, this, is, this is a lot. <laughs> this is a lot to deal with. Your Hilarious. trauma and mine. Like, we're, we're carrying a lot today. But yeah, it's been, <laughs> it's been interesting. It's nice to, uh, I guess, read about other people's lives without having to be super involved in them. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. got you. That's awesome. So because you are extremely, like, bookworm um what is something that you would like recommend or that you're like loving a book that you would like say every human needs to read Ooh, okay that every human needs to read yeah Ooh, or, uh, or you know <laughs> the people you know who what? listen to this recently uh, i gotta go on my reading log to see because I, I have an app called the reading list and it keeps track of every book that i i've read this year and the book that I recommend um, that I think every person needs to read is called It Didn't Start With You, How Inherited Family Trauma uh, Shapes... What's the rest of it? Oh, how... Okay, it's basically so called It Didn't Start With You, and it's, Mark Ma, it's by Mark Wallen. Hmm. And the book is basically about generational trauma. And... Wow. Uh, it gives a lot of science behind it and how, you know, psychologists are now believing that you can be affected by trauma that has nothing to do with you. Like you can be reliving Whoa. the same stories that your grandparents um, that they went through. You can be having anxiety and depression about things that they went through. Like 
there's so many th- like that's crazy but the primary base of the book it's 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 kind of written for those who struggle with relationships with their parents to kind okay. of uh help you have compassion for them mm. and instead of just viewing them as you know your parent like oh you mistreated yeah. me or like whatever uh viewing them as in like why do they behave the way they behave and mm. looking at like what happened to them and then why do why did their parents treat them like that and seeing yeah. what really is the cycle in your family of uh, you know uh, what is the constantly repeated thing and seeing if you do those things and then how to stop them, how to, um, mm. how to actively make sure that, that, that generational trauma ends with you. Yeah. And I promise you reading that book was like the therapy session that I thought I had <laughs> going to therapy, but no. Right. Yes. So wow. man, I feel like every future parent should read it and every current child should read it. Cause it, it really wow. makes you look at how you have relationships with your your family yeah yeah wow that's crazy it's so funny how you will like post on instagram about like books being the therapy that you needed yeah and it's so it's so funny how books can do that and i need to i need to be better about reading for real need to get my life together um (laughs) that's great so what was the name of the book again it didn't start with you it didn't start with you mark wallen awesome um okay so let's let's get into the meat and potatoes Ooh, the meat and potatoes (laughs) both um so where did your like relationship to faith begin um yeah like faith like like religion yes or okay i was about to say yeah no 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 yeah not specific but (laughs) just in general um I would say, um, I think growing up in the South, I know Florida isn't really like the South. It's the South, but it's not the South. Yeah. Um, Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think. That weird place. Yeah. Just anybody kind of born in the South is basically introduced to faith. Mm -hmm. um, And it's always going to be the Christian faith, usually. Yeah. I would say like 90% of the time. Yeah. Yeah. Because good old down south we you know that's the good old boys part yeah um yeah. so as a kid um my family wasn't uh i guess my mom wasn't super religious because uh, she was like younger a young mom um okay. and uh most of the t- most of my childhood i grew up with my grandparents and my great-grandparents and oh, okay. yeah so i would go to church with them as a kid um and do the whole you know sunday school type deal and then um, my mom was in the military growing up, and when she, you know, was more uh, able to be present more because of being in the military, I think, when she decided yeah, yeah. to do the National Guard, mm-hmm. um, okay. we moved out, and she wasn't very, like, uh, it was kind of more like a, we, you go to church on, you know, Easter and Christmas, and if you want, you know, to make your, your mom happy, you go to church. And so, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was very optional growing up until I okay. hit maybe like 14 or 15. And I have been playing piano for a long time, like since I was like five or so. Wow. Okay. And so I don't know when it hit me or if it was just something that my grandparents had like really pressed on me. But um, I realized that I could make money by playing for churches. And so ah. I would play at local churches in my town. Yeah. Uh, like wow. 14 year old me making a hundred dollars for a service i'm like wow this <laughs> yeah, is crazy that's dope you know how 
how many McChickens is that? Um, <laughs> and then eventually, um, eventually I got involved at this local youth group that was near my house. Uh, a lot of my best friends at the time through middle school and high school went to this church. Okay. Um, and I was a leader there. I led worship there. It was the first time I had really led worship and actually wanted to. You know, like sometimes your your, your grandparents force you up there to go yeah, sing a song. Like, like, yeah, 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 yeah. But this was the time where I had like actually wanted to. Like I, this was when I was first introduced to Jesus culture. Um, mm. And, you know, I heard my A1. first Bethel song. I heard my first yes. Hill song. You know, and I was like, wow, this is it. Um <laughs> Uh, eventually I left there just because, uh, you know, there was a lot of leadership problems. I had a toxic yeah. relationship at the time I left, mm-hmm. um, was chilling outside of religion for a while, just in college. And then when okay. I was 19, I got back into going back to church and basically mm-hmm. did the same thing all over again, getting really involved in leadership, leading worship, yeah. small groups. You it's know, almost like second nature, right? Yes. Yeah. It's very yeah. okay. It's very instinctual, almost like yeah. like oh, this this is what we do. That's right. yeah. So yeah. I would agree with that. And now I'm here. <laughs> Look at you. Here, Look at you. Here I am. <laughs> so, you get back into the church and you are super involved. You were yeah. there all the time. Yeah, I I did a internship there. Uh, mm-hmm. eventually I got to work there. Um, uh, I worked part time as a, like a musician, which was okay. cool. And oh. I helped lead a, a youth ministry at a, you know, a satellite campus. Okay. At one point I was offered like an administrative job there, but I didn't want to okay. quit teaching. So mm. I was, yeah, that was like my bread and butter at, at that time. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's fun. It's a yes. good time, right? Yeah, at that time, that was like <laughs> yeah. At that time, that's all I knew. Yeah, that that was good. Like in in my yeah. perspective at that time, it was just like this is what I know to be good, and because I want to be good, I'm going to do this yeah. all the time. Yeah. Uh, so I lived there. I actually moved like uh, I chose my apartment that I was living at because it was mm-hmm. so close to the church. Like my that whole life crazy. was, yeah, everything was brought up. Wow. Um, so what was like your, <laughs> we're, uh, we're laughing cause we know where the end of the story is, but, uh, yes. okay. So <laughs> what, um, what was like your favorite, um, part about that time of your life, even now? Mm. You know, I think one of the best things about the Christian community is that, and like I, the best thing about, I think about Christian community is the fact that it's always there. Yeah. Like it's such a foundational, easy way to make friends. Like you don't need to have anything okay. else in common. You're just, I'm Christian, you're Christian. Let's go get coffee. Let's be or, friends, right. Yes, and that's yes. it. And it was just yeah. very, very easy to, you know, make friends because we all, yeah. you know, it just seemed like that was enough. And so I, yeah. 
I made friends with people that I probably would never have even never. thought that I could be friends with. But yeah. because or of the fact, you, like, or even like you would never encounter. Yes. In life, yeah. Right, people I would never have even thought to meet, but because we're both Christian, it's like yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. It's 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 the easy link up. It's the consistent. Yeah. Like there's always you know church community if you're married there's something for you if you're single right. there's something for you if you're in middle right. school high school college there's something yeah. for you and so that is probably something that i miss the most um the easiness of yeah not not trying as hard to make friends right right uh, not having to be as intentional and making friends because one you see them once a week anyways like you don't really have to contact them if if you don't want to because right, you can right. still keep up a consistent friendship because you'll see it, yeah yes right and uh you don't have to have much in common except loving jesus that's it right right everything else is just a plus yeah <laughs> yeah yeah wow <laughs> that's so that's so true i yeah. i would agree like the community is the easiest is like the best aspect of it for sure yeah um so you're kind. You have kind of alluded to the idea that you are no longer in that same spot. Yes. Right. So, what? Um, whichever one you want first, you could either answer where are you today or how how did you get there. Ooh man. Okay, so let's let maybe I'll start with how I got there. Um, okay. Oh, ooh, this, you chose some good <laughs> questions, sis. Okay. Uh, Bring it, girl. Bring it out. Okay. Um, I guess I have to, like, think. Where I am now is very interesting, I guess, okay. because I think back when I was really deeply connected to the evangelical church, yeah. Um, I was very obsessed in defining where I was in my relationship with God. And it would always yeah. be the constant questioning, like, it, it, you know, did I do everything I needed to do today? Did I do my mm. devotionals? Am, am I backsliding? Mm. Am I lukewarm? Right. Am right. I doing everything I can for God? Or do I just think yeah. that? Like, And yeah. now um, the place that I'm at is kind of like, I'm okay with not knowing all the answers mm. and this and defining uh, my relationship with God is not, it's not an obsession anymore. It's like a, right. it's just like a, a pleasure to be in, you know, mm, it's not, good. yeah, it's not, uh, cause I would obsess over that and I, all the time and there's always the constant questioning, like, I don't know if you've ever had this experience. Uh, I mean, I feel like every Christian has had this experience. Probably. Uh, going to a youth group. <laughs> I don't group. even know, but probably. Yeah. <laughs> going to a, a youth group service, because this is so youth group serious. Okay. And um, the the pastor, you know, with, with the oceans playing in the background, the pastor <laughs> is like, Not if you were to die right now. Would you yes. go to heaven? Oh Would you? And gosh, you're sitting yes. there, been going to church for ten years straight, serving on leadership, and you're thinking, "Would I?" I don't know. I don't know. Like what? <laughs> like what? And, and it just makes you question uh, everything yeah. because you're so eternally scared of damnation wow. that you wow. will do several checkups just yeah. to make sure. And it's not even to like solidify your relationship with God again, because realistically, yeah. you know you're good. It's to solidify right. the fact that you're you're very scared of God sending you to hell, and I feel like that's yeah. a very unhealthy place to have a relationship centered around. Absolutely, 
Yeah. Um, so, yeah, for me, I, I, I don't, I don't even know if what I have has a name besides uh, I'm somewhere in the process of uh, deconstruction. Yeah. You know, yeah. Some somewhere in it. Okay. Um, oh, sorry. Um, now, how I got here. Woo. Um, Woo. You know. <sighs> okay, wait, wait. Before before you go on to how, what for people who don't understand what that means, because I just got introduced to that word very oh, recently yeah. in my okay. life. Um, and I had never heard it before. Yeah. Part of it is because, you know, when you are running in the same circles with the same people 24-7, 365, every single year of your life, yeah. um, you don't really get introduced to even different religions, unless you're yeah. going to school. You know, that's, that's, that's why most, like, college students are the ones that questioning their religions, right? Yeah, yeah. But other than that, you don't really get to hear outside of what it is that you specifically are being taught. Um, so yeah. what is it, what, how would you define deconstruction? I think, ooh, I think <laughs> a, an easy, easy way of, uh, I think deconstruction really is looking at what you have and asking yourself why how did I get here like why do I have Mm. it and taking Mm. it apart like uh it's like I think that that I'm trying to because I didn't expect that one Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I think that in in the terms of like this okay let's say you bake a cake right yeah um but you're so used to like making this cake that you don't even think what you put in it anymore until right. one day you go back and look at the recipe and see things that don't belong in it but you've just Ooh. you know it's just the recipe's been passed down to you yeah and you know you look you're looking at it and be like I why did I add this why is this yeah. here but yeah. you know you've just been going through the motions of it for so long that yeah. it's just not whatever so finally looking at that cake and going okay did i actually need to add this ingredient why did yeah. i put this ingredient here do these even go together does this match yeah. how do i you know right. and so i think deconstruction is really looking at the set of beliefs you have cuz i mean i know that more than than christian people do it i, I feel like yeah, you can yeah, deconstruct yeah. anything exactly um, but looking yeah just looking at what your set of beliefs about something is and mm-hmm. taking away the comfort of just believing it and asking yourself why. Cause the, mm. the comfort of just believing, I think is, is a very big, it can be a crutch in Christianity because we always say, yeah. you know, we go back to, you know, the old Testament where old Testament where the Bible says, you know, you know, test God and, you know, mm. but we don't really do that. You know, we right, just, right. we just, oh, like, that's what my pastor said. The Bible says, I'm going to roll with that. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I think deconstruction is just allowing yourself to actually ask the hard questions without judging yourself for even asking them. Yeah. Um, and allowing yourself to have the room to be uncomfortable with whatever answer you get. Absolutely. Yeah. That's great. That's great. That's a great like picture of it um I definitely would say that you know my journey is very like specific and at the this point everyone would have heard it yeah <laughs> um and so it's 
it's like it's very daunting and very scary to get to that point because it's something that is so different from your like whole foundation your whole life and yeah all of the teachings that have been told to you over and over again Mm -hmm. where now you're kind of putting things into question and for anyone who's followed me on instagram for a while they would like see how I'm like very okay with calling people out. Yeah. But people have been, people are very aggressive about what they believe. Yeah. And if you have even the slightest inclination about, uh, you know, going against what they believe, then it is a, it's an attack on them. So they become very defensive and very aggressive in that defense. Um, so yeah. I, I have been so grateful for these spaces and these people who, you know, like you and I, we are able to talk about the things that we have in common because if it were someone who didn't believe what it is that I believe, it just wouldn't be so cute, you know? Yeah, so yeah, for sure. That, like, safe space, like you said, to just question and and look at things a little deeper, um, it's just so nice to be there for sure. So I can definitely... Yeah. Um, I'm right there with you. Right there with you. So... <laughs> We're, now that that's out of the way together. <laughs> yeah. yes we are um and and just on that same topic like I, i'm hoping to bring people on here who have differing opinions than we do but yeah. can also you know communicate that in love and not aggression so that's the goal yeah um but to go back to oh, where I we were headed how I got here. yep how'd you get here girl let's talk about it Okay, so this goes back a couple years, and I'm gonna try and uh, condense because, okay. you know, I, I could I could write a book. To be honest, <laughs> you <But> should, <laughs> you absolutely should. We maybe, would all buy it, right, okay. guys? Maybe yeah. one day. Um, yeah, I would say this goes back to maybe, uh, maybe like 2017, 2018. Um, okay, I was doing an internship at the church that I was currently going to. And um, we had this uh, missionary come to our church. Okay. And uh, I had never really shown, like, a lot of interest in missions. I had some, like, my my degrees in ESOL. Like, uh, it's education, but I have certification in ESOL. Mm, And at that time, I was kind of looking into teaching overseas and I was like, I can share the love of God while I'm teaching. Like, it's fine. And then this missionary <laughs> came and shared, you know, his story. He was a missionary mm-hmm. from India and, like, stuff like that. And yeah. at the end of it, I had just felt like God was calling me to be a missionary. Ooh. Yes. And uh, I had always had this obsession with Turkey since I was in uh, college. It was like, why? When, you know, to I, me, that's a little random. It was very <laughs> random. I had to do this okay. ESOL project. And okay. you had to pick a country as a with a group, and we just picked okay. Turkey. And the more oh, that okay. I learned about it, I was like, "Wow, I really want to go there. Like, I really love this place." And um, awesome. So, I'm like, "Oh, wow! I think I'm called to do missions. I think that's it." Mm. So, mm. the the next day, I talked to the missions what? pastor. Go ahead. I I'm very um like familiar with the like tugging of the calling, right? Oh yeah. What do you think? <laughs> what do you think? Like what is it in your life that made you feel like you needed to be a missionary? Like, was it a a whisper, an emotion? Like, what what made you think, yeah, definitely God is calling me to be a missionary? You know, listen, 
that's funny you say that. <laughs> um, because um, through that journey of, because I ended up going to Turkey for two months mm, and, okay. and then coming back and being like, oh my God, I'm going to go back there and live there for, and I had yeah. already decided I was going to be like a martyr, someone who dies there. Yeah. I was like, life wow. surprise given it. That's insane. It's yes. so intense. It, we'll we'll get to the we'll get to that in a yeah, 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 but, yeah 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 um, at that time I had just felt like it was like a like a stir like you know like that's so Christian that's a hello you don't hear me say that a lot that's so Christian uh, a whole like a whole a, Christianese there's yes, a whole language I said like yeah. there's a stirring in my heart uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not la- I'm not we laughing. sound so terrible laughing at it but yeah, it's, yeah, not, it's, not, it. it's not it's yeah. not it's not it's not that uh, like it's it's funny it's just funny because christians we have our own language that makes no yes. sense to people outside who are of not, the context yes yes like if yeah. i went to my job tomorrow i was like yeah i just have a stirring in my heart <laughs> for children they'd be like what why are you, what are talking, you talking about, about? but like, unless they were christian that they would 100 percent understand yes but you go yeah. to church say you have a stirring amen sister like right we, Water. yeah we love that energy. yeah 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 so at that time <laughs> i had just felt like you know i i felt like i had all of this um unconditional love right mm. and i was like well i'm probably not going to get married one day so why should i hold on to it when i could give it to a thought like thousands of people why would you not get married you know what that's it and that's and 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 oh girl <laughs> and that's just on so many things at that time you know i think i was like 21 22 okay and i had exited out of a, a really toxic relationship and then mm. just like you know you pray for a husband and then you know yeah. a christian guy just leads you on and then it's, yeah. yeah it's just like okay well you know what it's fine bump that and yeah I, I just, I think I, I naturally tend at, before I got married. Cause, uh, yeah. during my, my husband now, this is the healthiest yeah. relationship I've ever been in. And th- we, we love that. We love that. Yes. Yes. At that time I was very, uh, avoidant. And so okay. if I didn't get something, I would just build an emotional wall and say like, Oh, well, mm-hmm. I didn't want it anyway. Oh, that's not going to ever happen. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's not going to ever happen. So like, I might as well just plan for something else and to not gotcha. even get my hopes up. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. And so, um, that was my thought process. I was like, you know, mm. if I never get married, I at least want to, you know, extend my love and care love to give. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, I had thought, um, I would just go for a week, but then I, I talked to a, f- a friend at the time and I was taking a missions class at church and it was saying mm. how week-long mission trips or two week-long missionary trips are nothing that they're they're pointless basically the book yeah. was saying that they were dumb because they're just tourist mm. trips for Americans and they really do yeah. nothing to help those people yeah I've heard that too yeah. yeah and I was like well maybe I should go for longer and I was immediately going to go for two years straight. Okay. But then the missions pastor was like, you should go for two months to make sure you like it. Because yeah. everyone at that time, and people still don't believe me now, um, you know, people are just like, Turkey is a terrorist country. I, I was lucky and went to like the, the touristy area that's yeah. near Greece. So yeah. very, very westernized. But people mm. assume like they go straight to Istanbul and are like, oh. Yeah. So I went for two months. Um, 
And being there really shook my my view on Christianity. Who tell me how? And you know, it's it's very crazy because you would think that going as a missionary, because I had already yeah. planned, I was like, you know what, if I die in this two month mission trip, at least I did it for Jesus. Like God, I wow. did it for you. Wow. Um, you know, to like, you know, this is Because that's that, what he asked you. Yes, exactly. Because that's that's what God wants for me. I was like, <laughs> right. this is proof that I love you more than everyone else. Because in the Christian yeah. community, people won't say it, but there are ranks to our Christian mm. faith. And missionaries tend to be at the top because, Ooh. you know. Yeah, because they they're go like and, doing the commission. Yeah. Yeah, they're doing the great commission. They sacrifice. Yeah. They, you know, sometimes they die, blah, blah, blah. And deep down, me knowing myself now, I really just love to achieve and accomplish. And I wanted to be at the head. Like, I wanted to, I wanted that respect. I wanted people to be like, oh, that's Shan. Like, that's her. Yeah. And so when I went, it was the most stressful thing I had ever gone through at that time. Because it was so peaceful. And that. And that sounds crazy, but at that time, that sounds crazy. But at that time, I was working an internship at my current church, and we would get there at eight thirty. And because I'm an overachiever, I would get there at eight fifteen. You know, you pray for three hours, Mm -hmm. uh, probably hour and a half, two hours. You know, you go do uh, work. You work on this. You work on that. You don't leave till five or six, and then you go to work. And here, they're like, "Yeah, we pray for an hour, and then um, we go hang out." And um, sometimes we'll try to evangelize to people, but if it doesn't work out, we just pray that God will make a way. That Um, is fantastic. And that was very stressful for me because I could not get with the idea that God would not want me to run myself down. What? (laughs) I was like... That's crazy. I was like, Lord, this is not... And I, I went... I became so depressed... Um, wow. Because one, I was in a country where like not many people spoke my language. Mm. Two, um, being black in Turkey, no one prepared me for it. No one, no one prepared me for it. That's like, a thing. That's I. You know what? There's like a, a small black population. Um, they're okay. from Ni- Nigeria uh, because okay. it's across the way. Um, gotcha. But. First, you know, I think maybe just, uh, and this could be ignorant. I'm, I'm not sure because I was only there for two months. I'm, I'm ignorant to it, so yeah. Yes, I, I don't know. but people, Turkish people, were very quick to distinguish that I was not Nigerian, and it became very easy for them to recognize oh. that I was American. And um, I had, you know, my big curly hair. Yeah. And uh, people would take pictures of me on the bus. People would take pictures of me while I was walking. People would stop. Children would point. And it was so difficult because I spent most of that time alone because there was only so much I could do with my missionaries because they had uh, three kids. And uh, they they only did so much because they were just starting their ministry. I was like, yeah, yeah. I was their guinea pig. I was the first intern they had ever had. Mm. Okay. okay. And they didn't they didn't know what to do. So um, and then I was sexually assaulted there twice, (gasps) uh, I think two times. And it was because I, I didn't know this until the second, uh, maybe the second time I was assaulted, um, was that American women um, in Turkey are associated with like being easy. 
And then, oh my gosh! Yes, because most of the women that are not Turkish there are like from you. Uh, they're from the Ukraine, or they're like Russian, yeah. or yeah. you know sometimes they're British. And so when okay. you have America, they assume that American women are easy. Now That's you throw crazy. in being black into the mix, and I would get sexually assaulted because people would assume that I was a prostitute. And, wow. Uh, and so um, there was one time I remember I was walking home and, you know, these are kind of like uh, red flaggy for me now. Like I spent so much time alone with a cell phone that I didn't know how to use in a country. Oh like, my gosh. I had expected to be like right up underneath the missionaries and I, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't yeah. really fault them because it was their, their first time. But I right, spent, right. yeah, m- maybe one day a week, one or two days a week with them. And all the other days I spent completely alone in a city that oh thought I was a prostitute. Gosh. And I remember walking insane. home one day and this guy, um, he pulled over on the side of the road and tried to come up to me, like to put me in the car. And <gasps> that junk, I was very, very lucky that there were people there because I was near the bus stop that I had just got yeah. off. And yeah. um, I had learned how to say, I don't remember now, but there was like a phrase that you say yeah. in Turkish that my Turkish teacher had been telling me. And she okay. was like, if you say this in front of a crowd of people to them, it means like, the, I don't remember what the phrase was, but it means like, stop, you should be embarrassed of yourself. Like how disgusting, oh, how nasty. Okay, and because okay. uh, Turkish is, uh, Turkey is a very shame based culture. Mm-hmm. Um, I did that to him and there was like other people around. They started to stare at him and he just went back in his car and drove off. Wow. Um, and then there was another time um, when I, I had to go to a museum Okay. They, my missionaries wanted me to go to a museum and it was near the house that I was staying in. Uh, and I was walking um, and it's like near like this train station type deal. And as okay. I was walking, there were men in an alleyway and they were like, American girl. And they like, oh I, I got gosh. too scared. I couldn't even make it to yeah. the museum. So I yeah. turned around and then as I'm walking, these three guys come behind me and they have this, uh, like, a, their phones out and they're recording yeah. me and they're, you know, oh y- yelling things at me. And I get so scared. I start having a panic attack and I'm calling them, like, please come pick me up. I cannot. And it was like yeah. the day before my birthday. And I was oh like, please come pick gosh. me up. I can't do this. And I just start crying, at, like, hysterically. And eventually they leave me alone because nobody wants to deal with a crying girl. <laughs> but um, right. during that trip, I was staying during uh, next door to, like, a mosque. And uh, okay. I would hear, you know, the this music every day. And somewhere yeah. in the midst of all this, uh, there was like this thought that was like, if I was born on this side of the world, yeah. I would most likely believe this religion. Would be, this, ooh, this would be it right. because I would be born here. Hello? Right. Well, oh, sorry. I think that was an email. Um, oh, okay. But yeah, if I was born on this side of the, the earth, I I would most likely believe this religion. But yeah. but God, you would send me to hell for not knowing you. And that Ooh. that thought crossed my mind. I was like, I I and you know, um I remember when I came back, I was very depressed and I I shared yeah. with um the leadership that I was on, I shared with them, I shared with them the sexual assault, I shared with them the depression. Yeah. And yeah. they were just kind of like well, you know, if that's where God's calling you to, then like, you know, that's just the cross you have to bear. And, and I was like, at that time, I was like, you know, maybe you're right. And looking back right. at it, I'm just like, okay, so sexual assault is, is the cross that I have to bear? I was like, this, this is the way that y'all 
y'all comforted me by by telling me that. <laughs> Um, it's it's so uncomfortable that the only reaction I have is to laugh. What I'm sorry, so, can you say that one more time? It's so it's so uncomfortable that the only reaction I have is to laugh. Yeah. Like it that's how uncomfortable the like the the way that people yeah. function in Christianity. It yeah, it was bad. Um and so I came back, uh, I was in the internship, and um, just my vision of Christianity had changed a lot, Yeah. Um, just because I was like, I was like, this doesn't, like, th- this is, like, conflicting, but, you know, you just shove it down, and yeah. you just push it down, and you keep on going, Yeah. and, uh, you know, eventually... In in the internship, I had seen a lot of things. I had seen pastors call women sluts and whores. And mm-hmm. I had seen, like, you know, people putting uh, other people on leadership knowing that they were, like, child molesters or, right. you know, stuff like that. And mm-hmm. uh, you just keep going. You just keep pushing. And, yeah. Um, yeah. Within those couple of years, um, I had developed really bad laryngitis from singing and the leadership at that church had always wanted me to lead worship and stuff. And, uh, because I was you're always amazing. Uh, you know, <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, not but, with laryngitis. That yeah. is not, that is horrible, but yes. But at that time Incredible. I was so into the idea that like I was special to that leadership. Yeah. Like I was like, yeah. Oh my gosh, you actually do care about me. Like you love my right. voice. So as a, you know, as me, uh, that's when that 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 Enneagram two kicks in. Like, uh, I wanted to show that I I loved them back. Like, oh my god, yeah. I do care. Like, God, I do care. So I pushed myself so bad to the point where I developed um, a vocal nodule the size of a tumor. And Crazy. so when I told them that, you know, we would do prayer groups and stuff like that. But the leadership was just like, well, God's gonna heal you. And I was like, okay, that's awesome. But, like, yeah. my voice is tired. I can't sing tonight. Right. And they right. would be like, well, I guess you don't really believe that God's going to heal you. Ooh. And I'd be like, but I do. And they'd be like, right. well, then why aren't you leading worship? Like, you want other people to get healed, but you won't believe in it for yourself. So I would go up on stage and I would lead worship knowing that, like, I could barely speak. And Insanity. I would felt. And it would uh, hurt my voice so bad to the point where sometimes I would have to call out of work. Um, I could sometimes I just couldn't speak. My throat would be swollen up, and I, the tuna it would it would get bigger. Um, yeah. And to kind of like assuade that a little bit, they would. Uh, I remember that leadership. They they told me the story of Tasha Cobbs and how she had the same thing. And right. one day during a sermon or something, she got healed and just to keep pushing and so I was just like okay you know what I'm gonna keep doing it I'm gonna yeah, keep whatever. yeah yeah um but the if major, he did it for her he yeah if do he it did for it me. for her you just gotta and I was like okay I'm <laughs> physically making myself sick I, I'm singing yeah. even though I have laryngitis I'm singing even though I have the flu I'm yeah. showing up because yeah. like you're telling me like don't get don't grow weary and doing right. good um but what really pushed it for me is uh Earlier this year, and this is what really uh, made me just Broke leave. the camel's back. Yeah. Um, I had started dating my, my current, hu- my only husband. Uh, 
And um, how many you got? Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. And uh, I had confided in an accountability uh, person because we love we love that in Christianity. We love telling. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We pe- need to tell people our business. Yeah. Yes. And so, you know, that's just the thing in Christian culture. You, you when you are dating someone, you have accountability person because our holiness is found in our vaginas. Purity. Yes. It's all, it's all there. (laughs) And so I had confided in her information and, um, she, without my permission, went and told my leadership, even though Mm. everything was solid. And so long story short, um, I was talking with someone at an altar at church and Mm. it might've been the same night that I led worship or something. I, I don't remember, and the leadership came up to me and, like, uh, basically bombarded me and, you know, just told me a whole bunch of things. And um, the things that she said were so disgusting. Um, yeah. That's actually one of the things that she called me. She said I was disgusting, um, worse than pre-saved Shan, um, said that uh, my husband was being used by Satan to get me off track. Um, uh, what man, I wish I could. Uh, she even said that if I were to go to heaven and ask God who loves me more, her or my husband, it would be her because um, she was she didn't want to ever have sex with me. And I was like, OK, so what? yes. And then what? Uh, yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy stuff like that. And um, wow, just and she was just like, you know, you're not even remorseful about any. And I kept trying to tell her, I was like, this is no longer in it. Like, this is not a problem. Like, this is no longer yeah. an issue. And she yeah. was like, you're not even remorseful. You're not crying. You, uh, you know, my Shan would be crying because she felt sorry, but you don't feel sorry. Her Shan. Her Shan. Yeah. And um, the the tipping Your point property. in that conversation was uh, when she said, I knew that your your faith was different when when uh, in October, which is way before I started dating my, my now husband, uh, she was like, when in October you canceled on doing my altar call because you wanted to go to your friend's bachelorette party instead. And I was like, oh. <laughs> I was like, because, because you're not allowed to have anything outside of the church. Yes. And I was like, I, I found someone else to do the altar call. Your altar call is 10 minutes. This person gets married once. Right. And you wanted me to come all the way from Miami, cut that bachelorette party just so I could sing at your 10 minute altar when there are other people who have yeah. the same gifts that I do. Yeah. And at that point, I was just like, listen, I, I know that you think like I'm super anointed. But at the same time, it's insulting to other people's anointings when you won't yeah. allow them to do the same thing. Yeah. And um, she told me that my uh, husband would never marry me because why? Why? Mm. What did she say? Why buy the cow if you can get the milk <laughs> for free? <laughs> wow. This is a this is mm. someone in leadership. Yes, this is someone in leadership. And so I left that conversation feeling so broken. Uh, I I don't know how you wouldn't. Yes. I was like, wow, I am actually a disgusting human being. And I remember calling uh, my boyfriend, Vic. I called him and I was like, we got to break this off. My pastor thinks this is not a good idea, blah, 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 blah. And then I go to school. Then you don't, you don't, I'm sorry. He's right here. 
I remember that. Yeah, and then uh, the next day, I had a panic attack at work. I was like under my desk crying because she she told me that uh, she called me a God manipulator. That's what it was. Um, she said that I was trying to manipulate God because I was angry that I wasn't allowed to go to Turkey. And here was the thing that everyone kept telling me, you know, Turkey, 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 Turkey. Uh, and this yeah. is this year. But what happened, uh, which I find so endearing, because this is like the beginning of me really solidifying my deconstruction, is that yeah. uh, of November, October, November of last year, I was in mm-hmm. the gym. I okay. remember that. It was when I used to work out before the pandemic. And okay. God was like, I don't want you to go to Turkey. And I was mm. like, ooh, that's Satan talking to me. That is not my God. And uh, My God already told me what I yes. was going to be doing. And he was like, you want to go to Turkey, but I don't want you to. And wow. through that period of time, like God was just like, you're not going to Turkey. Like, I'm not going to let you. You are literally just going to hurt yourself. And I was like, shut up. And I would tell my friends. Satan. And, uh, Yes, I tell my friends, oh, that's a, that's not God, that's Satan. That's what they would tell me until towards the end of the the year when I started to read more books about you know self love and reading books mm. that I were more uh, retrospective. I I felt like God was saying, you only want to go because you want to be somebody. You don't believe you're already somebody, and wow. like just making me realize that like I I just felt like I I and I've always kind of felt like this and working through it. That, like, yeah. I had to prove myself. Like, I wanted people to love me so bad. I felt like I had to give them a reason to. And, mm. you know, in the Christian community, missionaries are so upheld so high that I was just like, yeah. you know, this way I can always guarantee that people will admire me. People yeah. will love me. People will always be thinking of me. But then God was just like, I don't I don't need you to always be in danger. Like, to, to like, mm. who is this really, you know, who is this really for? And just like the idea, you know, you're going to go over to a different country and colonize them and change their ways. Like, you know, if I was going to have a relationship with them, it wouldn't be like it is in America because it's not America. Right. And uh, I I started to sink into that. And then in January, my trip got canceled because my missionaries, uh, I still don't know exactly what the details were, but they said Hmm. like they felt like God was telling them to leave Turkey. And I was like, wow, "Wow, I guess we must. The Lord must be saying the same thing." And, yes. Uh, uh, I mean, yeah, but also that's not why they left. Um, this was also around the time of the Trump thing, but at that time, oh, they okay. were telling me like the only side that was truly affected by Trump was like the Istanbul part, but the yeah. part that I was in it was Antalya, which is by Greece. It's like. Okay. Uh, Antalya to Greece is like Cuba to Miami. It's like a boat ride away. So gotcha, that part gotcha. was really okay. safe. But they just felt very uncomfortable, just like with how things were. Mm. And then like they were kind of also vague. Um, and I just didn't want to pry because I was like kind of yeah. And yeah. Uh, <laughs> right. yeah. So um, yeah, going back, the leadership was just like, yeah, you're just mad. You're 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 acting out because you want to manipulate God's hand. And I was Ooh. like, no, that's not it. So. Uh, you know, go to the next week, every Sunday for like two months, um, they would text me and ask me why I wasn't at church. They would say, oh, are you here tonight? I'd be like, no, why not? Why aren't you here? Or they would text <laughs> me in the middle of the week. 
hey, how are you doing? And I'd go, I'm good. How are you? And they'd say, how's your spiritual life? And I would have to explain to them, you know, how I was feeling where like there was no reciprocity in the relationship. Right. Um, And so eventually I stopped responding because I started going to therapy because I was having really bad panic attacks. And uh, my husband had just suggested like this is getting out of hand. Like, yeah, yeah. Like you need to get help. Like this is your hurt. Mm-hmm. And uh, my therapist had advised for me to not talk to this person and help me realize there had been patterns over that those six years mm-hmm. of me consistently, you know, putting myself on the line or just obeying what this person said, even though they mistreated me very yeah. badly just because, like, I wanted their validation, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I stopped responding to her text messages. And eventually, uh, it's kind of funny, um... She sent me a gift basket to my job. Oh. And um, she had uh, the interns drop it off, and I still didn't respond to her text messages. And uh, I had a friend who was an intern for her at the time, and she had told me she added me to the prayer list. And I was like, we haven't talked. (laughs) Yes, but because I haven't spoken to you, you assume that I am... You know, whatever. And it, it kind of rubbed me the wrong way because um, I, I, I was sick. Like, I told her one Sunday I wasn't there because I was sick. I had laryngitis, mm-hmm. uh, which is, like, a very common thing for me. I was leaving worship, and I, yeah, I was yeah, yeah. teaching. Right. And she had never done anything like that before. And I'm telling you, forced me on stage when I had laryngitis. I, I would leave worship yeah. with the flu. But now you're sending me gift baskets to my job. And so... Mm. I just uh, eventually, um, she had the uh, another person on leadership, her assistant, call me and okay. was like, hey, you know, is everything okay? And I just cut it short. I was like, listen, are you calling me because you actually care? Or are you calling me because this person told you what happened and you just want to whatever? Straight to the jugular. Yeah, because I was very over this. Uh, like, yeah. And she just told me, you know, she knew about the situation. And I told her everything that happened. And mm-hmm. um, she was crying on the phone. She's like, I can't believe that. Like, that's crazy. And I was like, yeah, like, this person mistreated me. And she's, and the person on the phone was like, but you're still going to come back, right? And I was like, did you not hear what a. <laughs> What That's I just the said. most important part. And then, is that yes, and I'm that, still back at church. That person was just like, okay, but you know her heart, you know, like blah blah blah, you could, things that we love to say. And she was like, okay, yeah. but and she's like, well, were you in sin? Like, are you still going to heaven? And I was like, I'm telling you my traumatic experiences right now, and the first thing you want to tell me is you want to ask me is was this person justified in causing my traumatic experience? Like, whether or not, it, it, that doesn't matter. No person needs to hear from their pastor that God thinks they're disgusting. Like It's just, it, it's, gosh. Yeah. And so the next day, I send that, that leadership that I originally had this problem with. I, I yeah. send them a very detailed message that I had wrote together with my therapist, because I'm not a confrontational person at all when mm. it comes to myself. And mm-hmm. I just detail, I was like, I did not like this when you said it. This was very rude. Um, I appreciate the time that we've had together, but I just will not be returning. And they responded and said that they never said any of that stuff at all. They don't oh. remember anything. If they hurt my feelings, uh, you know, please forgive if. them. Uh, and if. We love if. 
Um, yeah. And that everything was in love and just to forgive them. And I never responded. Funny enough, uh, I ran into them at Target the next week. Uh, Did you? <laughs> yeah, very awkward, um, very uncomfortable because they still came up and approached me. Uh, but I was with someone mm. else, and so I just kept the conversation very light. But after that incident, I just completely then after that incident and then when black lives matter came up and the whole church was just like well what did georgia floyd do i was like i i gotta go because as a black Uh, person who basically did all y'all's entertainment i feel very disrespected right yeah so that has uh led me to where i am now having very complex views about the evangelical church yes wow 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 Wow. And it's and I, I feel like it's important to point out that it's not about like gossiping about situations. Yeah. It's important to know that there are very distinct and specific situations that we are put through by people that we are supposed to be served by, technically. Yeah. And we are hurt by and there's no accountability. Yeah. And detailing that you can see you know, specifically what has happened um, and how it kind of launched you to where you are. Now, my, my situation is very different, but <clears throat> I feel like that has happened to a lot of people that I know yeah. and a lot of people that I love. And it's just, it's it's literally the same story every time someone's yeah. leadership did something to hurt someone and they decided to leave the church. And when doing so, they found themselves on this, like, crazy beautiful journey yeah um so i think it's exciting anyways mm-hmm. <laughs> but um what's something that you feel like you've learned as of late that is like mind-blowing or is like your favorite tidbit of information Ooh, um in this new journey that you're on the hardest thing for me to learn in general, but probably the most uh, useful, like I've had to mm. constantly practice, okay. that uh, would be that that God genuinely does not delight in suffering. Mm. And um, I think, uh, like we read that in the Bible oftentimes, and you know, my, my definition of God kind of fluctuates now um, yeah. just because of, you know, I feel like the more time I spend with, like, nature and things like that and, like, mm. outside of mm-hmm. church and experiencing life, I'm like, wow, God genuinely is, like, everywhere. Like, this is crazy. Yeah. Like, it's not, yeah. like, a little white man with a gray beard. Uh, Which huh. is so funny because that's, like, that is the teaching is yeah. that, like, God is everywhere, but we really don't practice that in Oh no, no, not at all. Yeah, but when you get out and 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 you kind of frown upon people who do, who do, you know, interact with nature that way, like oh, they're such hippies and stuff like that. When it's literally, it's literally what you preach. Like you preach that God is everywhere, and then you don't practice that. Yeah, I think uh, just kind of practicing that there really is no delight in suffering. I'm just, I've always been the kind of person to to like serve even when I'm like no one asked me to serve and thinking that I'm supposed to be miserable when I love someone like I I spent all this time thinking like God loves me most when I'm a martyr when I'm doing things that Mm. I hate to bring him glory like when I'm talking to people that really crush me down 
but yeah. you know I'm sharing the love of God or like I'm doing things that I know make me mentally unhealthy but I'm still serving him like yeah. genuinely knowing that like like there's no God's not going yay you you are mentally unstable today because you <laughs> stayed like, out serving longer than you should have and you have uh, to wait like there's no there's no there's no trophy for serving right. God the most. There's no trophy. <laughs> right, like we love right. saying, like we make Christian jokes all the time saying, oh, that's a crown. That's a crown in yeah. heaven. But there yeah. is no... A jewel. No, yeah. Yes. Another jewel in the crown. Yeah. But there is no trophy for suffering. Yeah. And I think that has truly inspired me to practice. And it's a very ha- hard habit for me to, to break. Because I've been doing this for a very very long time since I first started getting started in the church just thinking that I have to make myself miserable Mm -hmm. for you know for God to be happy or I have to make myself miserable and in order to love people like I would love God I have to make myself miserable to make other people feel loved it has been so hard to be like hey actually God loves it most when I love myself just be yourself yes like God loves it when I when I rest and like yes there have been times, like, I remember when I first left and I started going, uh, I, I was still getting, uh, I had a Massage Envy uh, membership. Membership, because nice. That's, yeah, those are the things that I treated to myself uh, for my second year of teaching. And love that. I, I remember getting a massage, and I, I, I'm a physical touch person, like, love language. Same. Ooh, and, um, same. As this, uh, it was like a, you know, like an older lady. She was really nice. I think her name was Deborah, And she okay. was, like, massaging my back. And it was probably the most beautiful moment. And it sounds so dumb. But I like nope. teared up. And I was like, I'm so thankful for my body that <sighs> works. Like, wow. I'm so thankful that. And, like, it was just such a grateful moment that, yeah. like, I felt in that moment. And it just made me, like, very, uh, it just made me really look at God differently. I'm like, wow. Like, yeah. like this is God in this moment. Like, I'm so yeah. happy and grateful yeah. to experience this. And so. Wow. Yeah. And uh, just I, a side note, yeah. I'm, I'm actually a massage therapist. So, what? yeah, I'm licensed in Florida, but because I don't live there right now, I'm yeah. not practicing. But literally in school, that is something that we, we talk about. It's called a somato emotional release, I believe, a CSR, CER, something like that. Uh, I don't know. It's it, been a while since I've been in school. Is it symbiotic? But, no. No, no, I don't no, know what no. I'm talking about. It's it's an emotional release basically that you get from like all of the hormones that are released during a massage, and especially yeah. if you're physical touch, like Woo. it's like a, a freaking bomb of just the perfect moments, like the perfect yes. ingre- perfect ingredients, right? Um, so it's very common to have a, a, a release like that, but it's such a beautiful thing to get to this place where you are so aware of god around you that you would you would be grateful to god for that particular moment in time you know and and i feel like that evolves when he's not a box he's not the man in the sky that we ask things from yeah not uh unreachable like it's more yeah exactly like god is a tangible experience yes 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 absolutely so that's amazing. Listen, what an amazing human being you are. Oh, cut that Listen. out, girl. <laughs> no, no, I can't. I can't because it's the truth, and we only tell the truth on this podcast. 
podcast. Okay. Um, <laughs> and I appreciate you so much. Like I, like I said, I wanted you to be the first person on here just because we are literally eye to eye. Yeah, yeah. And um, I, I really, really appreciate you being open and transparent. <laughs> there wasn't yeah, a yeah. lot of prep for this conversation, so you were just kind of rolling with the punches. Um, so I, I truly appreciate you so much, and I hope you'll come back and we can talk about specific topics, not necessarily dive oh, into yeah. your whole life. I would yes. love that. Amazing. Awesome. Thank you so much, Shed. I appreciate you. Well, thanks for having me. Absolutely.